Ed, we're recording this on Saturday night, a mere, you know, seven hours after United lost 2-1 at home to the Swans and we were hoofing long balls up to Fellaini. Good times are back. Oh, yeah. Van Hal's philosophy, right? He talks about that one. Uh, it was... Uh... That could have been a David Moyes game at any point last season. I mean, not only were United uh, just kind of clueless in attack and misshapen at the back, uh, but as you say, started lumping it forward towards the end. I mean, the only real difference was uh, 45 minutes of three at the back. Yes, I, as will surprise few people, I guess, I, I had a slightly more optimistic take on parts of the game uh, where actually we did string three passes together. I, I thought really that Van Gaal mentioned this, but the thing that struck me most is how nervous everybody looked. And I think that it's a sort of post-traumatic thing, right? It's their back at Old Trafford. They they played with this freedom and vivacity on, on in pre-season. And I don't think it was really about the fact that it was pre-season and the opposition weren't trying as hard because I, I don't think today had a great deal to do with Swansea, to be honest. It just looked like uh, United froze up again. And the one of the reasons that I'm really optimistic about it is I just don't think Van Gaal will let that continue. Well, you'd hope not. I mean, that's the job, right? <laughs> so, I mean, he's um, he's a man that has more gravitas and more nous and knowledge and uh, respect to the players and so on than, than Moyes. So you wouldn't expect this pattern to continue. Look, he has to do some work. Clearly, there were things he tried to change during the game which didn't quite work for United. He switched from three to four at the back. At half time, he said it's because Swansea spread the game and it was easier to press, so he wanted to get the ball back earlier by switching to four at the back. Fair enough, totally fair comment. Also, easier to defend when Swansea played very wide. Of course, they attacked, as you would expect, United's weak point straight away, which is the channel. So, the uncertainty between the wing back on either side, the wider of the three. Uh, centre-backs uh, when that happened and uh, I have to say I, I suspected that would be a weakness of United straight away and uh, of course the way that United would counter that is to retain possession of the ball because when you have possession of the ball it's harder for the opposition to attack you which United did 60% possession in fact but very very few clear chances. Yeah and I don't know uh, I I heard a lot of people say they thought the second half was a bit of an improvement and I guess they mean the first 20 minutes of the second half because the last 20 minutes of the second half after Swansea scored their second were just a disgrace. And I, I think, you know, we, we had a, a row on Twitter about Ashley Young and his culpability in the second goal. But I think once he was just an out-and-out left-back and United's back four was Young, Blackett, Smalling and Jones... That is a lot of players playing out of position and someone in their debut, isn't it? You know, it's going to be vulnerable. It is. I think where I actually disagree with you here is that it's a more difficult defensive job to play in a back three stroke five than a back four. Uh, and so um, I, I understand what you were saying on Twitter, which is effectively if he was uh, not playing at left back, he'd have had an extra central defender in there covering. But tactically, it's a more difficult position to play. Because of the channel, the space in the channel, and it's the weak point. So you switch the ball from left to right, or right to left, or you play through uh, that corridor of uncertainty to steal a phrase from cricket. Uh, and it's uh, it's the weakness in the system, uh, and you need centre backs who are very comfortable uh, moving into wider positions, and you need wing backs who understand the dynamics of space and timing and defensive nous, right? So I think when people think defending, they think. 
as a, a few people said to me on Twitter, oh, but he made a few good tackles, and it's really not about that. How many tackles did Rio Ferdinand ever make in a game? Very, very few, right? And and this is my problem with Ashley Young, and it's kind of what I said last week on our preview show. I didn't think that when it actually came down to it that his defensive ability would be up to playing the position. We'll see if he does it again. I just don't think he did very much wrong in the entire first half. That's the that's the thing. I, I totally take on board what you're saying about the the tactical weakness that there is in the three five two. And I, I think that that's as you say, that's why Van Hal switched it. I think actually it's one of the reasons Van Hal switched it. I think the fact that he started playing Jesse Lingard, uh, well, like we've talked about Young a lot, but He's definitely the least problematic wing back out of himself, Lingard and Yanazai. Because as soon as Lingard, who really shouldn't be playing that position anyway, went off and Yanazai came on and he didn't switch the system straight away, the first goal comes because Yanazai's playing wing back, right? And and that is not a criticism of Adnan Yanazai. It's like when people had a go at Chris Smalling last season for not being a good right back. Chris Smalling's a great centre back. You know, it's just not. Can't play right back. Yanazai is a stunning uh, attacking player who could play in any of the attacking positions. But asking him to play wing back when he hasn't had his full preseason is uh, properly crazy. Fine, yeah, uh, that's um, that's a perfectly fair observation. I don't think there's anything wrong with criticising a player who's playing out of position. You know, it's uh, it is just an observation of their weaknesses in that role. So, um, I, I think United have a, a serious problem there. Uh, when when Chiron and Raphael are fit again, then then at least there will be that kind of defensive now. So the challenge there, of course, is that the attacking side to the game won't be quite the same. Anyway, look, there are problems all over the pitch for United, and and they were highlighted during that game. And as soon as competitive football came around, United's weaknesses were laid bare, weren't they? Very quickly, uh, and in fact, uh, you know, in in a way. Uh, we'd seen quite a bit of this during pre-season, not all strung together at once, uh, and the results masked uh, some of the performances which weren't always great. Uh, the final pre-season game against Valencia, United struggled for long parts of that game, especially defensively. And, uh, you know, just look at the Valencia goal and uh, the mess that was there. And, and again, uh, on Saturday against Swansea, uh, very, very poor defensively. So I don't think a lot of this is a surprise, really. I, I guess there was a there was a there some kind of narrative going on that suddenly that Louis van Gaal would fix it all for United. And not only did he not believe that he could fix it all straight away and said it will take some time, and he's told the Glazers and Ed Woodward that, uh, but that the weaknesses in the United squad are such that it's almost impossible for him to... Miracle work, right? He's, uh, I think as I said in my pre-season preview, uh, he's he's short of the full set of tools here. And, um, you know, he's he's a great coach. He's a much smarter coach than Moyes. Yeah, he's going to do better with the set of players, you know, pound for pound. But there are major weaknesses. So I, I thought that the Valencia pre-season sort of played slightly into this idea that I've got that actually the players are struggling with being back at Old Trafford because it's the scene of the crime right that was that was where everything went it's most wrong last season I would go out on a limb and say that that's definitely a factor in those performances and of course the other thing we have to talk about is yeah one United squad is thin and the the problem Essentially, that performance would not have happened if three of the eight or whatever it is players that are injured had been fit. And it also wouldn't have happened if Yanazai wasn't half fit and coming back from injury. 
that performance would have looked so different if Danny Welbeck had been playing instead of Chicharito, for example, because you've got this infinitely more fluid link-up play. You've got Rooney able to be free and playing as a proper striker. If Valencia had been at wing-back, that would have made an enormous difference. If if Shaw had been playing on the left or whatever, and uh, and of course, if the back three had been the senior back three, not that they're particularly old, but they are the senior men. Although, actually, I don't think Blackett did too much wrong. Uh, I think he's got a, a big future by the looks of it. He's, he seems to be settled very well. And it's early days, of course, and he's he's not the finished article, but it wasn't that bad. No, I mean, he, he got himself out of position quite a bit, right? Uh, and I think this is the this part of the maturity he needs to find. Um, also... For for a man who's flexible and has played at left back, mostly left back, I have to say, at academy and reserve level, and then later in his development in the centre, uh, he's never actually played the left side of back three ever. I don't think, aside from uh, during pre season. So it's a it's a role he's learning, and there are subtle differences. On the ball, he's he's lovely, isn't he? He's, com- he's, he's extremely composed. He doesn't panic at any point. He makes the right pass uh, more often than not. He certainly showed Chris Smalling up, didn't he, in terms of his range of passing and composure. Defensively, uh, I think it's the positional side of his game more than the the, the kind of bit you the visible bit, the tackling and so on. Although he he did make one very reckless challenge for which he got booked. So I mean, he's got he's got time. He's only twenty, right? It's his first first team game for United. So there's clearly some development to go here. I think this is why Van Hal's been saying quite a bit. Look, uh, they can play at this level. Talking about Keane and Blackett, but do we know whether they can play every week? Well, you know, there's still question marks for me. Although passing was absolutely beautiful. And if we were having this conversation on this day in 1995, we'd be saying they don't look ready yet. You know, we've just got rid of three of our best players, and uh, we've chucked all these kids in and got battered. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe this is me being really unfair to David Moyes, and maybe the season will pan out and show that I was really unfair to David Moyes. But I don't think so because I'm just not worried. If my only expectation and hope for United would, would be that we would win the league this season, then I'd be really worried because I don't think that is looking likely, although, you know, I'm I'm still not ruling it out as an option. But I, I think it's very clear that the squad still needs investment and in a way this result, Van Gaal can, you know, go and knock on Woodward's door first thing tomorrow and go, Sorted it yet? Sorted it yet? He said very clearly in his post-match press conference that uh, United need players. I mean, as he said in uh, his his interviews on Friday, that United were short of top quality. So I think while on the one hand he said, I want to look at my players, and that's uh, that's what he kind of has to say about his players. Uh, he's also subtle in a, in a more subtle way than David Moyes did, saying that um, he's a few players short. Of course... You know, he has the, a lot of bank of credit, Van Hull, not only for positive performances in pre-season, but just the fact he's Van Hull compared to David Moyes. So he can get away with things that David Moyes couldn't. I mean, the, the kind of risible contempt for David Moyes when uh, he moaned about the squad, uh, a squad that had won just won the Premier League compared to Van Hull. And it's not just that expectations have been reset, which they certainly have been. 
but also that he's Van Hal, so he can just be a little bit more honest. Yeah, absolutely. It was a disappointing performance. There, there were a few good points. We only scored an overhead kick, albeit a, an easy overhead kick, if such a thing exists. That's always fun. And it's good to see that he is scoring, because I think that's going to be really important. And I loved, oh my goodness, the feel-good factor that went through my heart when Van Hal's press conference, when he said, uh, let it fly, let it fly. So if you didn't see this, uh, he was talking about... About Rooney not having a great game at Valencia and like he was almost teasing Rooney and saying after the game as the captain sees is it too much for you Wayne is it too much for you don't worry let it fly and it's like that is what someone has needed to say to Wayne Rooney for such a long time because he does carry this phenomenal pressure on his shoulders and, and somebody telling him to just let himself play the natural game that 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 comes naturally to him, I think it's going to help him. Actually, I have to say, I, I agree with that. Aside from uh, the fact that someone really needs to auto-tune that and uh, get it to the tune of a Disney song, <laughs> uh, then um, uh, I don't think we really performs anywhere near his best under pressure. I mean, it's just a facet of him. He uh, He's either trying too hard or it just doesn't click for him. He's a, he's a player who plays on instinct, always has been, and... Uh, that's how he needs to do it. And the more relaxed he is, I, I guess, the better his performances. So just think about the the number of good performances he's put in against Liverpool and Everton, for example. Not very many over the years, I'd say. So, yeah, maybe he's taking the captaincy a little too seriously at the moment. It's his. He has to find his way in doing that. So, um, I have to say, I thought during the first half, he was very poor. And, and part of that was to do with uh, the role he was playing. He was dropping a bit deeper, trying to link uh, him and Mata to... So Bastardizer Van Persie quote were getting into each other's zones. Very much. Very much so. And that's they've got to work that one out in the second half. Rooney up front on his own gave him more space and matter more space too. And it worked a lot better, didn't it? Suddenly Rooney was looking like he was creating chances. And I have to say, and I've said this quite a lot, I think it's the only position Rooney can play if he wants to be in a really elite player now that's nine right up front and uh, be interesting when Van Persie comes into the side because I presume that he'd like to play in that role too so the dynamic between Van Persie, Mata and Rooney is a key one uh, and they're going to have to work that one out but the, the system with three at, ba- at the back will give them more space uh, to play and, and uh, we'll see if they can do that and of course we'll see if Van Hull uh, keeps with three at the back or not yeah absolutely and I suspect that he will that's my suspicion I don't think this is going to be the whole thing thrown out of the water he's got the youth team playing that system and you know I, I don't think that's all gone just on the strength of one poor half the other thing that was a bright spark was under Herrera who he took off after 65 minutes I presume because Herrera was getting such treatment from Swansea and he was thinking right I, I need to put a stop to this now but that was when United fell apart for me the the introduction of Fellaini not that Fellaini did anything much wrong uh, but you know Herrera is just a cut above the rest of our midfield and was lovely to see him at Old Trafford and I think I think he's going to have a big season and he's just crucial to and if he you know if we could sign somebody of equivalent quality to play alongside him as we've said on the season preview show it's going to be a whole different ball game. Yeah, I mean, he's lovely on the ball uh, and he gets a, a, about a bit, he's a little ratter in there, isn't he, as, as well as being nice on the ball. I can't help feeling when I see him that he's he's a player that's just searching for a position and he feels like a a nice creative player that's playing a little deep uh, and I wonder whether he'd look like a bit of a lightweight player if he was playing further forward. So, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure he's quite found his role yeah, one of the things I uh, I thought about Herrera when it was confirmed he was joining was that 
I wasn't entirely sure that he would shine all of the time because I think he does a lot of good things very well and does very, very few spectacular things. And, and we'll see with him. You know, I think he's an excellent addition to United's midfield. Uh, it didn't quite work for him all the time today. He's he's very nice on the ball. I think he more will be brought out of him if United had a real box-to-box midfielder there or a proper ratter in there. Someone with just a bit more presence and and which of course which is why of course they're chasing uh, Arturo Vidal. Yeah, I mean I know what you're saying and I don't entirely disagree but I also think he really has enormous presence. Like as you say he's a he's a real terrier. He, he doesn't stop, you know, he's constantly in the face of the opposition when they've got the ball and and I don't know. I just think he's all round mid. Well, listen, we'll we'll have this conversation again in in three months' time, I guess, when we'll have a better sense of how he's fitting into United, won't we? I thought Mata looked not fully on it in this game, but I I do think a lot of that is, as you say, players getting in each other's zones, and and I think that will come. And you know, I said it earlier in the show, and I kind of make no apologies for repeating it. And some people get very upset when you say this because they don't rate Danny, but. The system with Mata, Welbeck and one of Rooney and Van Persie makes so much more sense than any other combination of our forwards. You know, because of the the tireless running, because he's completely prepared to sacrifice himself for the cause of the team, you know, and because because his kind of interplay skills are the best of any of our forwards in some ways when it comes to little flicks and one-twos and all that kind of stuff. Yes, I, I can't see that happening in the short term. I, we'll see, of course. I mean, Van Hal. Uh, as he likes to tell everyone, has the balls to make the big decisions. So, love, lovely uh, tweet doing the rounds uh, that Van Hull would be uh, heading into uh, Edward Wood's office, balls in one hand, phone in the other, saying, sign me some players. <laughs> which is a nice image. It is indeed. Talking of which, it looks like Benatia is very seriously on the radar. This is a tweet from Jim White, who is the Sky Sports chap who does transfers he covers transfer deadline day and has become a bit of a weird cult of personality figure just because he's the last guy on sky sports every time but he doesn't tweet transfer rumors generally if you go through his twitter list it's just things that are nearly done and he said uh it's almost done he's on the way so that would I'm, I'm sort of taking that at face value which might be a mistake but that'd be very exciting well i've, I've called him out on the show a few times didn't i last season so he'd be my second choice behind Matt's Hummels. He's uh, he covers the ground very well. He's a solid defender type, you know. He's uh, I wouldn't say he's the Moroccan Nemanja Vidic, but um, but he's an, he's a very good all round defender. Some some concentrational problems, I'd say, are the only weak point. But um, he's a very very fine defender. We'll see if it really happens. Of course, he was the other Jim White. Uh, him of uh, various Manchester United books I, I might believe it a little bit more it's just the fact that the Jim White that it was that tweeted it doesn't talk about transfer rumours generally that that's what that's what made me uh, pay some attention to it so um, other players Phil Jones I think uh, deserves a uh, deserves a mention yeah man uh, had a very good game how many tackles did he make what player uh, this is like the season of Jones Touchwood Phil Jones won't get injured this season because if he doesn't then he's just going to be massive for us the problem is you watch him charge around the pitch like a crazed oxen and the chances of him getting through too many 90 minutes doing that are pretty limited aren't they he's going to get injured and that's why you know desperately 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 need some defenders I'd say two not just one 
Um, if, if Van Hull is going to play three at the back all season, you know, need five central defenders. Uh, maybe Blackett is the other one. Maybe. I mean, it, it might be tough on him just to sit on the bench all year, though, so he might do better with the loan. But we'll see. And uh, Of course, there aren't that many days left in the transfer window for for old Woody to pull out a, you know, a couple of irons from the fire. So, and he's not been that successful so far. In fact, you know, he's much more successful in the market when he simply gets out of the way and lets the agents and the uh, the checkbook do the talking. So, Jones had a, a decent game. I mean, it's what you want for him. I, th- I think this season will be good for him because he's going to get to play central defence every single week, right? So, it's going to be the making of him, surely. Uh, and... Of them, I think he has the best chance of of really making a top career for himself. Smalling, I have to say, I'm just increasingly disappointed with him. I mean, I do like him as a defender. I think he's a very, very good defender. He's a natural defender, isn't he? And uh, in the centre and just a horrendous right back. So we just forget all of that. And um, the problem is in in a team that's going to play possession football all year, he just can't pass the ball. It's it's criminal how often he gives the ball away. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely a problem. He does sort of make up for it in other ways, and if his passing can be improved, I I definitely haven't run out of hope for him at United yet by any means. Um, And I haven't run out of hope for United in general, I have to say. It's a shame that we didn't win because there was a nice feel-good factor buzzing about the place, and it's, of course, you know, it's sad to see that the feel-bad factor is back. Lots of Moyes jokes uh, doing the rounds uh, this time round. A picture of Louis van Gaal taking off a Scooby-Doo style mask and revealing Moyes and another meme of Moyes looking at a camera saying not that flipping easy is it you know there's lots of that sort of thing but I just don't think this is that I think this is this is a team coming to terms with itself coming to terms with a new system and a new coach and better lies ahead and and when we are closer to putting out our first team we'll look very different but we've all we've said this all along that the, the problem isn't the first team the problem is lack of squad depth and that was really exposed in this game will it Ed be exposed when we play Sunderland well we've not had the best timing at Sunderland uh, over the last few seasons not always anyway so I remember a pretty dreadful penalty shootout and a, a Carling Cup loss and so on so you know there's uh, there's lots of quotes doing the rounds from Rooney for example saying United have to bounce back from this and we absolutely have to get our our uh, stuff together and yada 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 blah 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 you know hashtag 2013-2014 I know quite he he did go on to say uh, it's unacceptable which is basically where he should have just stopped uh, I think so uh, of course uh, United have to perform better I mean it will help if there are some more players back uh, I guess Van Persie will be another week towards fitness uh, Maron Fellaini another week towards the exit door Uh, Maybe United will have done some deals by then. I can't say I'll be holding my breath. I can't hold my breath for a week, but I could probably hold my breath for closer to a week than I could uh, waiting for Woodward to do any deals. You know, it's doesn't feel like it's going to happen who else uh, who else has got to come back into the team maybe Raphael comes back into the team Luke Shaw's out for another month uh, Carrick it looks like he's out for more than another month if you saw him hobbling around in a plastic cast today Fletcher didn't have the best games at all you know it doesn't half make me feel that maybe it's difficult for him to reach this level again we'll see because he had a very good pre-season Matter matter's got to be on it. He's the main creative force. You know they've got to find the right role for Yanazai. Right wing back certainly isn't it. And what do you do with Young on the left or the right? Potent going forward, uh, as we said during pre-season, 
Uh, I suspect a liability going backwards. So lots and lots of questions to answer in inside a week. Yeah, absolutely. And they're not all going to be answered inside a week, are they? You know, that's the thing. It's uh, it's going to take a while and it might be a rocky start. But, you know, Van Hard was on the verge of the sack three months into the first season at Bayern Munich and then won the league. At, you know, so these are very early days. The chronic lack of success last season, I don't mean the lack of silverware, but I mean the kind of lack of decent performances, means that actually the threshold for tolerance for poor performances is, has been run down, right? There, There is no threshold for those performances left because we've been burned so badly by watching United last season. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in like a spoiled United fan who's just watched brilliant football all the time, but I just mean as a collective this isn't the you know this is like there's a very deep collective sigh isn't there a kind of oh right okay here we go again then about this Swansea game and I'm just not sure it's accurate uh, I don't I don't think replicating the narrative from last season onto this game is quite right for sure things have changed significantly new coach uh, some new players in the side two debutants today a new system uh, a new outlook and and United are trying to do different things which are far more positive than last season. So, of course, the, the memes and the tweets and the social media commentary will be negative after this. It's United, there's no club in the world that garners more interest uh, and that's why United get the big bucks from various weird sponsors all over the world, right? So the the intensity of focus is, is greater at United because this is effectively the world's biggest club. I don't you know, you measure that many, many ways, and it's a very glib statement. But, but uh, you know, tell any of the players in Louis Van Hull that they're wrong when they say that. So the focus is going to be very intense, and uh, and it means that Van Hull doesn't have that long in order to get it all right. I, I don't mean that he's going to get the boot or anything if it's not right by Christmas, but. The pressure will start to build, of course, if it doesn't go right quickly. But I see lots of things that are going in the right direction. One thing you can't fix, though, right? You can't miraculously make some average players better. Uh, and United has a lot of deadwood in the squad. Talk, talking of deadwood, Nani came on today, up front. Um, <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, sort of on, on the left, up front. Amazing. We we heard last week that Van Hal didn't want him at the club. Uh, we know Moyes basically didn't want him uh, after the club gave him a five-year contract. Fergie definitely didn't want him. How many managers want this player out? And why won't he go? The thing about it was the one thing I was sure about about the selection for this game is that we wouldn't see Nani and it did feel like a bit of a desperate roll of the dice because he's been in such poor form. The chance of bringing him on to change the game seemed a little bit of a long shot and the only reason for doing it was to change the system, right? Yeah, so uh, they can move Ashley Young to left back and Nani went into the left side, sort of tucked in, didn't he? And, and Rooney went up top, so... Um, Van Hal called it four three three. I'm surprised we saw him. Uh, I suppose with 14 days left in the transfer window, there's still a chance for him to go. It's amazing, really. We haven't sold Anderson, and we haven't sold Nani, and I think we've been talking about whether it's their last chance at United for about five years. <laughs> I mean, we definitely had a debate about whether it was worth keeping Anderson in our first season doing this podcast. I remember it clearly. There was a story since we last recorded from the Daily Mail saying that last weekend there had been meetings between 2 and 4pm, weirdly specific, and that I'm pretty sure it was Raphael and then a bunch of people you'd expect, Fellaini, Will Keane maybe a bit more of a surprise but not that much, uh, Nanny and Anderson were all going to be surplus to requirements. People were surprised about Raphael because 
I mean, the season before last, Raphael was one of our best players, wasn't he? And he had an absolute mare last season and looked to have regressed in his sort of those kind of temperamental decision makings. But I, I for one, would be sad to see him leave United because he's just so darn lovable. Yeah, that and United have no other right backs at the club. Right, so uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, so, so that you, too. yeah, just that minor little thing. Um, I mean, uh, I think we said last week that uh, even if uh, Van Hal wants to go with three at the back, that he needs to be able to have a plan B, right? So, so plan B on Saturday was actually young at left back uh, because we don't have any other left backs apart from Luke Shaw. So, if we're going to get rid of our only right back, uh, plan B at right back will be Antonio Valencia, and we've seen the result of that plenty of times haven't we? So if you want to sell Raphael, whether this is true or not, then a uh, an adequate replacement has to come in first, I would say. The thing about that list is, well, one, Van Hal has contradicted this story and said uh, quite clearly, actually, that he hasn't told any players they can go. He's told them what role they'll have in the team or the squad, and it's up to them afterwards. So, uh, you know, maybe that's a nuanced turn of phrase if he says, you're not going to play every week or ever, son. Uh, they might decide to go. Yeah, rumours that Anderson was offered to a bunch of clubs in Brazil. That's the only place there's any interest uh, coming for Anderson, apparently, which is not such a surprise. Well, it's not because he not only has he been you know, poor at United for some time, his injury record is bad and he's on big wages, uh, but he was poor at Fiorentina too. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I still maintain hope that he has some kind of career because I, I do think it's a shame what happened to Anderson. But anyway, he has been stealing a living at Manchester United for quite a long time and he's earned an absolute fortune in that space of time. It's, it's remarkable when you think of it. There's probably some people out there that still think he'll come good. Yeah, probably. Give him another chance. Uh, The one player, of course, not on that list was Tom Cleverley. I can only assume that's just about numbers. But Fellaini was, and he is sort of technically a centre midfielder. Technically. Technically. Sort of. Sort of. Six or eight. Perhaps we shouldn't be talking about uh, defenders and right-backs and central midfielders, and we should do it the Van Hull way and just talking numbers. Numbers. She's a six or an eighth. There is... Two weeks left of the transfer window. We need to bring some players in. We could do with shipping some players out, although the wage books are thoroughly balanced, aren't they, with the wages that have gone off the books in in the summer. But if we did get rid of, say, even like three out of those players, most of them are on really substantial wages. The amount of wiggle room in United's wage budget must be ridiculous at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, if all those players go, yes, it's it would be 14 players having left the club. And, yeah, massive, massive uh, load of wages, of course, already come off with Evra, uh, Vidic and Ferdinand in particular having left and and gigs to uh, some extent as well. So uh, lots and lots of wiggle room in the wages. Of course, United's wage bill went up by something like 19% year over year in the last quarter result. So it's it's going up at the same time. Presumably there's still a massive transfer budget that... Woodward was breathing the fourth estate and everyone who'd listen about, you know, and and we're still watching this space, aren't we, for United to go and use some of that wage budget. Surely, but surely we're going to be bringing in players in the next two weeks. I mean, I remember thinking that this time last season and, of course, we just brought in Fellaini, which doesn't really count. I mean, we mentioned Benatia early on the pod. Hopefully that comes to something. But if we go into the next part of this season without another midfielder, it's going to be... More by luck than judgment if we're still at the races by Christmas, isn't it? I mean, the only thing I can think is that he's waiting for Strootman in January. But 
I just I just can't see how that works. We don't know that Struman's going to come back to full fitness either. Very serious knee injury, so um, I'm not sure that sounds like a good strategy to me. Uh, I, I think United are negotiating hard for Vidal. Uh, note that he's 1-10 to 10 on to be a United player by the end of the summer. So uh, certainly people in the bookmaking community think that it's going to happen. All about the money in the end, isn't it? So United can make this one happen if they want to, I believe. The solid word is that Vidal said he'd like to, or told the Juventus hierarchy that he'd like to join United some time ago and the rest is all down to the cash. So apart from his knees, there's no other reason we wouldn't want him, right? I mean, if his knees are up to top level, he's not Ronaldo, he's not even maybe Bale in terms of his numerical output, but in terms of being the player that United need more than any other... How is any amount of money in the world not the right amount to pay for Vidal? Look, he's three players in one. He, he's going to get you 10 goals a season. Uh, he makes a tackle. He gets box to box. He, he creates goals too. And he's energy and presence. So right now, per, perfect type of player for United. And, and, you know, if not the best of that type all rounder, uh, then very close to it in the world right now. So uh, United would be paying a, a, you know, a big premium. So he's a large club. He's a long contract there in the Champions League. He's 27 years old, so he's at his peak. So this is not one for the future. This is one for right now. Uh, and he has to succeed. And, and it's going to be a fee that's commensurate with that, you know, which is plus 40 million or something like that. And the, I guess the worry is that uh, Woodward and the Glazers are glazering it up and trying to get the lad on the cheap. Which seems absolutely crazy, given that that really has not been their transfer strategy, has it? I mean, uh, we had a, a very polite and nice email from a listener who, I'm sorry, I can't get access to it just at the moment. I think it was Michael, but thank you for the email. And he was disagreeing with some of our analysis of Woodward, but your reply to him, Ed, I thought was really spot on, especially about the Luke Shaw transfer, where you said, like, with Herrera, he paid the buyout clause. With Mata... Woodward wasn't even involved in the transfer and you could say it was sensible to delegate, but still, that's the minimum praise, isn't it? And then with Shaw, the strategy was just pay more than anyone's prepared to pay, right? Well, when Jose Mourinho is complaining that uh, Chelsea couldn't afford him, <laughs> right? I mean, look, I, I don't want to denigrate Woodward too much because he, it's become a little bit of a cliche, hasn't it? And one man does not make a transfer. It's, uh, it's the Glazers that set the budget and it's Woodward who's the principal negotiator. There are other executives involved uh, and and a whole scouting system and approach to identifying the players, right? So it's a team game, but he's a principal man and this is where the focus is. But he couldn't lose out. I'm sure they paid a huge amount of money. So, you know, I don't, it's not the same criticism as in the past where United are not prepared to pay money. I just I just wonder whether they're really supposed to, prepared to go to that big premium, right? $27 million is a lot of money. Uh, a very large amount of money for for a 19-year-old kid who's unproven at the very highest level. It was a lot of money for uh, a 25-year-old midfielder who was unproven at the highest level in Fellaini uh, and a 24-year-old midfielder unproven at the highest level in and a Herrera. So United have spent a lot of money in the last six months or so, if you, or 12 months if you include matter in this as well. So they seem to be prepared to pay the money, but if you're going for that mega premium player, it's going to command a mega premium fee. I mean, uh, James Rodriguez went for 63 million this summer. Uh, Vidal's not far off that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I really hope that the the 
United hierarchy realises that that's their only option. And you would think that with the reduction in debt burden, the fact that the Glazers have just sold a bunch of shares, literally just for the sake of their own personal liquidity. Like, you know, none of that money's coming back into the club. They just made, I think, $180 million for the Glazer family. You would think that they're making enough money out of the club that they would realise that massive, substantial investment is the only way to go right now. And this is this is not us being City. I, I was delighted to see Blackett in the side, and I, I think it would be brilliant if he comes through this season, a couple of others too. Uh, and Yanazai is looking like he's going to be a huge star that we've sort of, I mean, not exactly brought through, but at least brought through the last stage of his youth development. Uh, so it's not like we just want to go out and buy big signings. But as you've said time and time again, the United way is develop our own and supplement where we're weak with massive investment. You have to, right? At the risk of sounding like a broken record, uh, plenty of analysis out there that ties money on transfers and money on wages to success, right? Very, very tightly. Uh, and uh, in the uh, 80 to 90% range... So, frankly, if United want to be uh, competing at the very highest level, they're going to have to compete uh, for transfers, uh, fees and wages with all the other clubs around Europe. It is a um, typical City fan retort now, isn't it, that uh, if United spend big money, that, uh, oh, it's only City that buy success. You know, I, I guess the difference, uh, not to get into that argument, but it is that uh, this is United's generated money from... Uh, Ed Woodward's commercial activity where United uh, are prepared to stick anybody's logo and their face uh, on any packet of any noodle or tomato juice or paint or whatever the hell anywhere in the world in order to get this money. And (laughs) I'd hope that is not just to inflate the the share price and and, uh, allow the Glazers to get rich, but also to make sure United competitive. And the final thing, of course, is that uh, if United drop out of the Champions League, then they lose 30% of the commercial deal from Adidas, uh, apparently. Uh, And in fact, this is what um, uh, Perez from Real Madrid said was very common in contracts and that he thought it would cost United a lot of money. It it hasn't leaked out that a lot of United's contracts were structured that way, probably because no one thought United would ever drop out of the Champions League. Well, exactly. And and that's the thing. You you wonder whether that, that clause wasn't there just because no one even thought it was possible, although they clearly thought it was possible when they hired David Moyes and put that clause in his contract, didn't they? I, I bet Moyes, he loved that game, though. How much would he have been loving that? I think he did punditry for it on some uh, some TV channel somewhere. He'd have just been in heaven. Well, we'll find out because a major interview in the Daily Mail on Sunday, so um, uh, I I, um, I wonder. I, I He's already been saying a few things along the lines of Van Hull will need time, so I suspect his major interview in the Daily Mail will say, they didn't give me enough time. Uh, I didn't have enough time to succeed at the club, which, of course, uh, is the thing many people said. Unfortunately, it, it became very apparent by the time David Moyes was finally fired last April that he'd had too much time. Yes, quite. So we play Sunderland next weekend and I have no idea how to predict it. I guess my first thing that I'd like to know what your instinct was is, is he going to start with a 3-4-1-2 at the beginning of that game? Well, I think so, because that's the formation he's decided and and his explanation of the change was a tactical one, not a strategic one. So I'd expect so. Uh, Sunderland are going to to play a 4-3-3. That's pretty much how they play at the moment. They're an interesting period, Sunderland, aren't they? Because they they didn't really invest heavily in the transfer market this summer. They spent a lot of money on Jack Rodwell, of course, more than £10 million. And 
Uh, it feels like a lot of money for someone who's barely kicked a ball in two years. Uh, but elsewhere, they've not strengthened a lot. They brought Jordi Gomez in from Wigan. I think he was a freebie. Van Arnholt, the Dutch left-back, who's barely ever played a game for Chelsea, been on loan everywhere for years. Will Buckley, who I quite like, actually, from Brighton. Don't know whether he seems sort of bright attacking player, but I don't think he's going to suddenly... Uh, transform into a world star at Sunderland in the Premier League. He's he's, you know, he's a good attacking player, but he's a squad player there. So I don't think they're substantially better than they were last season, which means they're going to be in the hunt for a relegation place come the end of the season, probably. Yeah, you'd imagine, wouldn't you? Um, because you'd think, like, is going to go crazy at some point. Something will happen. They've got the greatest consummate professionals of all time in Wesley Brown and John O'Shea, of course, still. You would think that they're going to be relegation fodder. What I don't know is whether they're going to be beating United at the weekend fodder. It's amazing, like instant evaporation of confidence and feel-good factor. Uh, what was it Van Gaal said? The confidence would be smashed after smashed confidence. And uh, my confidence is smashed in the smashed. short term. I would love it if United's players found some mental resilience and if Louis Van Gaal can somehow put some of that resilience back into United that had so completely evaporated last season. And I think this would be a really good sign, wouldn't it? Of course, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's vitally important that he keeps them on an even keel. So maybe uh, maybe we'll find out. We'll, we'll uh, have this away from Old Trafford vibe that you uh, say is going on and see <laughs> see whether it's a, a better result or not this time. I mean, you know, I desperately need the result. Not only that, they desperately need the points. I mean, it, it was supposed to be an easy start to the season. United don't actually play anyone of anyone real note until October the 4th when uh, Everton or uh, United visit Everton, right? And in between that, there's three games against the newly promoted side sides and three games against teams that were fighting off relegation last season and the Carling Cup game against MK Dons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got to be good and it's got to be good quickly, hasn't it? That's that's the thing. Because if we don't, if we fall into a real lapse, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to get out of. Although... This is exactly the pattern of the Bayern, his first season at Bayern, isn't it? And I, I just think, you know, like because of writing for the Bleach Report, I quite have to, often have to write these six things we learned thing that's taken over the world of how you write about football matches for some reason. But I really don't think we learned very much from that game. Everything that happened in that Swansea game, we kind of already knew might be the thing that happened. And we all hope that it wouldn't, right? Well, yeah. Um, a lot of what happened was obvious. A lot of what happened was a bit of a shame because we, we thought United uh, might have progressed a little bit more than, than uh, has actually happened over the summer. So did we learn much? Well, we, we learned that uh, Tyler Blackett is a composed defender and, and can certainly uh, play at this level. Uh, we learned that Ander Herrera is, is a, an asset to United, albeit with some caveats. Um, I think we learned that if Fellaini gets on the pitch, United launch it. <laughs> we did that. We was knew definitely, that already, yeah, though, definitely we? not new information. They just see him. It's the Peter Crouch effect. They see him in the distance and they think, "Oh, this gets exciting." We just whack it long to him and he'll do something. Sadly, yeah, that appears to be the case. Um, Soon he leaves, the better. Although, who wants to take on his a hundred thousand pound a week wages? <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about doing some sort of predictions for Sunderland. But before we do that, uh, let's get a couple of rank class questions. I specifically asked for non-grumpy questions because I figured that all the grumpy stuff uh, between us we would cover. So this is pretty grumpy. From at P 
pizza underscore face with a one in the eye for pizza says what percentage of blame for lack of signings do we apportion to the Glazers Woodward and Van Hal himself I think about 50-50 Glazers and Woodward don't you think uh, I don't actually believe the yeah. uh, the statements that he says he wants to check out his full squad and, and give everyone a chance before uh, he identifies who he wants to sign I think he knows exactly where he needs to strengthen the squad already so um, I think you can see through that one it's a bit naive if you actually believe that's the case uh, quite a few people have been telling me that on Twitter I don't think so he knows exactly where he wants to strengthen so the entire blame is with the executive yeah I completely agree with that um, maybe he gets 1% of blame if he really did turn down the option uh, to pick Tony Kroos up but if he did then he had his reasons sort of thing I think Tony Kroos uh, wanting to sign on the dotted line with Real Madrid was one of the reasons United were suddenly not very interested. Uh, virtual friend of the Rankcast at Jack K. Holt says, if you were sat right next to uh, Louis van Gaal in the dugout, like if you were sat right behind the dugout, what would you say to or shout at Louis? Shine some players. No, that's, that's, that went a bit <laughs> Scottish for a second there. Uh, shine some players, Miss Money Penny. The, uh, I said Miss Money Penny, so you knew I was doing James Bond, see? That's uh, class- yeah. classic brilliant I'd say are you absolutely sure you want to bring Nanny on like really definitely are you sure uh, but then if he said he was sure I would leave him to it because he, he knows what he's doing doesn't he and at Abin underscore Shetty says considering his love for space and in particular watching this space is Ed Wuwa a Star Wars guy or a Star Trek guy Listen, I don't mean to cast dispersions to my Star Trek brethren, but I think he's a Star Trek guy because they are slightly more nerdy than Star Wars guys. He's got that look. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe that's my own inherent prejudice, but I would guess he's more of a Trekker than a Star Wars fan. i tell you what he is. Uh, he's a man who doesn't like a razor. Uh, for an executive, he's not very polished, is he? He's always got three days stubble. But the thing about it, he's not in a, some kind of suave, kind of Hollywood A-lister way. It's in a, he's just been out on the bevies and he's had like 15 too many after a hard day on there doing the banking stuff, which he uh, <laughs> likes doing. Maybe that explains the whole thing. Maybe that explains the whole thing. Uh, Edward Woodward's secret drinking problem. No, that's that was a joke. That was parody protected under the laws of satire. I don't actually mean that he's got a drinking problem. So I guess with that, let's do some predictions for the Sunderland game and call that a rank cast, shall we? 57 nil. No. <laughs> Five one, Ed. Yeah, Five one. You well, said. Well, you know, I had tongue in cheek, but from now on, I'm uh, I'm going to be serious. Right, look, United have to go and win. Have to go and win. Maybe the pressure will be off a little bit away from Old Trafford, if that's a thing. Uh, so I think United will go and win. But there's clearly goals uh, in in the bag for Sunderland, aren't there? I mean, given how United defended at times today, so I'm going to say two one to United. I'm torn between predicting uh, a sort of narrow, scrappy win for United and actually a proper bounce back where they really show a bit of themselves. Um, I think to err on the side of caution, I'm going to predict. Uh, Let's say a 2-1 win, yeah. I think that's a... a re- As you said, Ed, we'll both go with 2-1. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? 2-1? That's rubbish. What are you talking about? Us, the nonsense man. It's clearly going to be 1-2. <laughs> 
Brilliant. So, uh, if you want to get hold of me or Ed in between now and the next podcast, you can get me at UTD Rantcast and Ed at United Rant on Twitter. Uh, you can get us both at facebook.com slash United Rant. And you can read a load of high quality analysis of Manchester United on unitedrant.co.uk. And uh, you can read my stuff on the Bleacher Report. Uh, much obliged if you do. Um, and if you want to help out with bandwidth costs and all that sort of stuff, uh, unitedrant.co.uk slash donate. Thank you very much to everyone who's done that. Any like little bit really helps, basically, that means that we don't have to pay for the show, uh, which is super cool. Thank you very much. Um, and the last request is if you could leave us a review or rate us on iTunes. Uh, that helps us with the new season bump on uh, the iTunes charts and all that sort of stuff. Very good. And if you want to check out Paul doing his Mark Zuckerberg hoodie look, <laughs> uh, go look at the archives on CNN.com. <laughs> yeah, I was on CNN during the recording of this rank cast. So if there's a weird sound difference halfway through, that's because that's before I was an international superstar and after I was international superstar it's gone to your head it's gone to your head how's your entourage these days do you know what i'm keeping it real i listen this is this is where the real stuff happens the rank car cnn that's just you know it's just for show really but this is this is the real stuff that matters have you gained a coke habit yet (laughs) no 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 all my habits are long long in the past very good well i'm afraid it's a habit uh, for manchester united to lose at old trafford isn't it Uh, um, Gary Lineker tweeted earlier that the running order for match of the day would have United versus Swansea on first. Um, don't they put the either the big game or the surprise of the day? I'm afraid neither of those is true in this case. No surprise uh, with United losing at Old Trafford. It's happened, what, six or seven times over the past 12 months. So uh, very, very bad run. Let's hope United stop that at Sunderland. Uh, and then Micey Dons after that, but we'll be back uh, with a rank cast before that. Of course, you will have noticed we have, you know, a bit more perception that we have moved days. Now on a Monday, yeah. going head-to-head with the Fiver or whatever it's called over at The Guardian. With Football Weekly, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> James Richardson, has he ever been on CNN? Yeah, probably, loads of times. <laughs> Yeah, do you remember when he had his own TV show? Great days, great days. Yeah, but he's on the slide. You see, that's it. That's it. So he's gone over the. He's gone over he's the back. edge. He's, you know. he's back and in force now. He's back on on BT Sport doing a top quality European sports show with all the. Very good. He, he basically does. He does his podcast on the tape. <laughs> Why can't we do that? <laughs> well, apparently we are, and now we're fixtures on CNN. Uh, very good. Well, uh, let's hope United uh, sort this one out uh, and. Ed, you know, if if you if you're listening, Ed, sign some players.